Car trouble? No problem. It's Common Sense for Your Car with Darren from Dagwoods. Bruce Bachman, Darren from Dagwoods, back with you. Common Sense for Your Car. And he just did my oil change, did a little inspection uh, for uh, me. Oh. On, the, on the car, not yours. Touche. Touche. Okay. This, is, this is why Darren's got to take over talking about the cars. That thought was just uh, too much to bear. <laughs> but you just changed the oil on my 06 Buick Lucerne. We talked about you doing it, and you're going to kind of take us through that, take us what you do. And I love how you started, and I had to cut you off and say, put on the headphones right now, because you said, well, sometimes it's a 19-point inspection, but you've got, and I said, you know what, Darren, put on the headphones and explain it to everybody here okay great well we first of all maintain your car way to go kudos it's you want this thing to last you got to maintain it make sure you keep the oil changed we can keep your fluids up make sure there's nothing that looks uh rusted brake lines that might fail any moment those are the things that we want to find on an oil change but we you know the process of bringing it in we open the hood uh we get you know basically an underhood inspection real quick does the belt look frayed you know was we check the oil level is it low before we even start the oil change if it is the customer needs to be alerted you need to check this between oil changes it's low I and mean, we don't find any oil on the dipsticks yours look fine wasn't and, low but and you, you said that there was a little seepage is yeah, that the word you used you have i would say a little bit more than a seepage we call it a minor oil leak which is just something we keep an eye on if you're not adding oil between oil changes can i fix it sure but that's more making me money than it is helping you with a problem if you go hey i got a really nice garage and i want those leaks on the ground then you that makes it a different problem hey i see one drip on my own. great you want it fixed we can fix it urgency there isn't any not with the leak that your car has a little bit of a power steering rack leak on your car as we visually saw it i took you out and showed you urgency again still down there but if you go hey i'm starting to add power steering fluids between oil changes guess what we're gonna have to fix that steering rack and yeah, you said it might have something more to even do with the rack rusting a, yeah, a little bit or something like that. The cage, the actual casing of the rack is starting to rust away. Actually, looks like it's seeping fluid right through the metal on right. yours, <laughs> which is welcome to Michigan with all the salt. I mean, that's just part of it. And so that was one of the cool things that I thought too. You actually took me out underneath my car for the first time and actually visually showed me everything. I thought that was really neat, and it kind of gave me a different perspective, and it made me feel pretty good. Of hey, this car is not in too bad it's shape. It's in really good shape. Yeah, yours. Frame is solid. Uh, rocker panels are solid. Pretty unusual thing to find in Michigan. Your car is actually in really good shape. For an undercarriage inspection, your car t- inspected pretty well. All right, yeah, Dom out there changing my oil for me. Kind of even take it back a step to the real basic here. of What exactly happens with an oil change for people out there who don't know? Because it's so important, as you said, to maintain your car. Talk about all the little things that people might not think about that you check and do. Well, what we do begin with is we'll take the oil cap off. And why? Because, you know, for a college town, you want to slam a beer. You pop the top, you put a hole in the bottom, and it flows right out fast. Well, that's the same thing we do with an oil change. Take the cap off, we take the oil drain plug out, and it'll flush. The oil flows out at a very fast rate and carries out any kind of debris that's sitting in the bottom pan. That's the hopeful part of this, especially warm oil. It'll carry out a lot of that debris. You leave the cap on and do that process, it slows it down. It doesn't doesn't do as fast. That's just a, you know, that's just part of it. Get new filters, we do. We check everything underside while we're underneath there. Brakes, tie rods, ball joints all the brake hoses, rusted brake lines. We're looking at all that stuff that is really important that you know the integrity of it as you continue to rely on this car for you and the other people that are driving on the road next to you. comes to the other fluids that you check or whatever, like there's a transmission fluid, there's all the... What's so important about checking those every time you come in and get your oil changed? Transmissions have changed a lot in my lifetime. It used to be it had a dipstick and you would get a pull it out and start the car and check it when it's warm. And you'd, a lot of cars don't even have trans, transmission dipsticks anymore. 
anymore because it's required to have a very expensive scanner to know the temperature of the fluid. And then it's on a slide scale and it's literally by a percentage. So we want to doing trans services or excuse me, doing transmission fluid checks is, is a different process today than it used to be. But we're up to date on all that stuff and every car is different. But unfortunately, a lot of cars have a labor time to do a transmission fluid check. The best thing to know is most cars with synthetic transmission fluids that are built since maybe the early 2000s have full synthetic transmission fluid. And it's kind of a difference of opinion on do you even need to service that or not. A lot of them say that you don't ever need to service them. And, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. Right. Do you have an issue? Um, you know, we may want to look at the fluid level and charge you to do that. But other than that, if and without an issue, without uh, the transmission or the, excuse me, the computer telling me that the transmission has an issue, probably un- unnecessary. Now, if you're a mail route driver and you do a thousand stops a day, you probably should service that tranny, even though it's full synthetic, probably every 25,000 miles or someone that's pulling a trailer there's actually every manufacturer have different maintenance requirements for regular driving and then severe driving and I try to follow those procedures accordingly go through that a little bit what is the regular driving what is the severe driving I like how you pointed out the mailman that's about as severe as that's about as severe as you get yeah pulling a trailer all the time is if you're always doing that severe driving if you're always pulling something your transmission's always shifting a lot it's always under a load that's severe driving Um, severe driving can be um, driving in Arizona, you think um, in very hot climates, dusty climates, things like that can be severe driving. Even easy driving, um, very cold climates can be considered severe driving. We're not considered extremely cold climate, even though we could have that discussion while uh, outside. On the right, right now. day or two, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But regular driving, the best driving you can do is jump in your car and drive to Florida and Florida and back. On the highway, easy cruising, not a lot of shifts, not a lot of braking. That's very easy driving for your automobile. Okay, that would be a regular maintenance. So, so what I'm doing, going into work every day, going on sales calls, going to do my basketball games, that, that's easy driving it on is. my car. It is. Severe driving is also starting your car up, driving one mile to work, and then shutting it off because the car never gets warm enough to get the condensation out of the oils. And if, you're, if you do that every day, you really need to do full synthetic oil changes because we're trying to avoid what's called sludge which is the mixture of water getting into your oil and every time you start your car and it starts to warm up and cool down you get condensation in the engine old petroleum-based oils back when i was a kid everything was petroleum-based oils would mix with water and you get this terrible consistency called sludge sludge is terrible blocking your arteries of your heart stuff it's horrible it's it's what the it's the equivalent this is really bad for your engine we really want to avoid sludge if you you drive a mile a day and shut it off and you only let it warm up for two or three minutes you're going to get sludge with regular oil full synthetic doesn't bother it a bit. All right. So somebody could obviously walk if they're not going very far to work. But as the car guy, what do you suggest they do in that situation? Right now, it's very cold out, but you've only got that two or three no, minute ride. Drive the car. Just get full synthetic oil changes so that water won't mix with synthetic oils. It does mix with petroleum based oils. All right. And one, I think, quote unquote, myth out there that I hear warming up your car before you start driving it. Is it good for it? Is it bad for it? Does it really even matter? Don't need it anymore. That's a with a computerized car, you can start the car up and take off two or three seconds as soon as the car idles down you can take off you can take off even before that that was really needed when we had a choke on a carburetor you had to start it up the choke had to come off before you would drive it or you'd have a tent you could flood the vehicle very easily that's where that came into aspect i know that because i've grew up in that era to now you wanted the choke to come off which is about two minutes of runtime the choke would open up all the way now the car can be driven without running too rich and and 
and and but running really rich could wash the rings or, you know wash oil off the off the cylinder walls and cause issues there we're trying to avoid that computerized cars have the right fuel for every temperature the moment you crank the key um, so it's not running too rich too lean computerized cars know instantaneously you know how to correct that fuel mixture and and you don't need to do that old myth of hey I've got to start and let it warm up 15 minutes no no but let's go back to that your, your windows fogged up and stuff on the inside then defog your windows before you drive you shouldn't be driving your car if you can't see out your windshield right people all that well I scraped off in front of my driver's I'm sorry you got to be able to see throughout the window start your car up if you get out and scrape off the window make sure your windshield wipers are not froze to the window that's why when you go to Canada or up in the UP all their wipers are straight up in the air that's for a reason that your wipers can do that they won't freeze to the glass and I get every week in the winter time there's always somebody coming in here and we're replacing a wiper transmission because they turned on their wipers to move six inches of snow off their windshield <laughs> and it then the the motor keeps turning even though the wipers can't push the snow and it will break something and often will be the wiper transmission the one piece of car advice that I've got for everybody, when there ends up being a ton of snow on my car, I just go get the push broom out of the basement and that's I a, use that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Be careful and push broom on your paint. Can, can leave some nice little This is why we're here yeah. talking to you. On because, your glass yeah. won't hurt anything, but on your paint you on might, my paint don't want to do that. When you look especially a nice gloss black one, you're gonna look at that in the springtime and go, No, or what my, did I do? Or, or my pearl white Buick, <laughs> yeah. I might be noticing a little little bit of scrapes. Yeah, we want to try to avoid the broom on this on that for that. But <laughs> um yeah, the, that's a big method um, is having to let your car run start it up there's nothing wrong with you letting it run 10 minutes before you take off warm up the car remote starts are great for that there's nothing wrong with that all right is it bad for the car no in fact it's better for the car that you're driving one mile and shutting it off to let it the engine oil get warm but even 15 minutes and then driving a mile and shutting it off the engine oil is not warm enough to get the condensation out of the oil so that doesn't really help with that you need to drive the car for a half an hour or longer at operating temperature to get all that condensation out of the oil. So if you're going to drive a mile and shut it off and there's nothing wrong with you doing that, again, get full synthetic oil changes. It'll prevent sludge and, you know, do what's best for you, whoever is on the listening end of this. If you need to start it to clean off your windshields, go for it. Do that. Just don't drive it where you have reduced visibility. Yeah, but I like how you point out the computers, how much they help in car, because sometimes we get annoyed by the computers in our car telling us one thing or the other. But I like how you said that with the computerized cars, they know exactly how much oil pressure and all this different stuff they need so they're very important to running your car so if it tells you to service something or service the other don't get mad on it maybe listen to the computer in your car yeah if it's giving you something on the something on your dash hey i've got this unique little light on stop in and you're, uh, the guy will say on the phone, hey, I've got this weird looking little half moon thing on my dash. And it's like, stop in. You're, I really don't understand what you're saying. You walk out and go, oh, you got an ABS light on. Okay. Or, or there's a, you know, this, you, or your car has brake wear sensors. A lot of them have them now. Your pads get to a certain depth. The sensor actually touches the rotor, turns on a light on your dash. So we, when you do that, you get new brake pads and a new wear sensor because it wears it out. As soon as it touches it, it ruins it. You have to put a new one on. And that's just part of doing a brake job. So that's just, you, I don't know that your car has that or not until we look at it i think last thing we're going to talk your common sense for your car the brake job squeaking squeal squalling grinding when is it time to get the brakes looked at any noise you should make it any noise you have on your brakes should be brought up especially when you're doing an oil change hey i don't have this noise all the time but sometimes when i back up in the morning i get a bad growl noise in the back and it's for two or three stops and it's gone well you probably have rear drums that has brake dust in it that brake dust will turn into a great big ball of rock hard it'll look 
like a, a chunk of brake or coal or something and when it sets with a little moisture over the night first time you hit the brakes you break it back into a powder but it grinds it back into a powder again you know, I have a grinding noise in my brake on the first two or three stops eh, anything to worry about probably not but let's make sure which is let's be on the safe side and just any noises like that I would just mention it any grinding noises growl noises anything that makes that hair stand up on the back of your neck that needs to be looked at yeah, because the little maintenance for your car, like I said, you checking out the bottom of my car, telling me about the things that I need and saying that they're not super, super urgent, but now I can start saving my money for those things. The next time I come in, I can get those taken care of, maybe getting one of them taken care of. Common sense for your car, keeping your car on the road, that's why we're got here. one more tip. Driving on Michigan roads, I know it's really hard to, to, to miss a pothole or to hit a pothole. I know it's almost impossible in this state, but uh, with all kidding aside, so people ask me, hey, I hit a pothole pretty hard or I hit a buckle in the road and the first thing they ask is how do I know if I did any damage okay the only way that I can tell you immediately is if you knock something out of alignment one minute your steering wheel is perfectly level and the next minute you're driving straight and it's at 11 o'clock and so you just bent something so now you're turning the wheel to the left to drive straight because something got bent so pay attention to things if something changes all of a sudden hey I hit a pretty big pothole and now my steering roll is at one o'clock on the okay you've bent something we need to see that immediately because you're going to tear up your tires it's also not going to track right if you got on ice you want your car to go straight you're expecting it to but if your wheels are kind of kitty wampus or they're not pointed at they're towed out or towed in if they're not straight ahead like they're supposed to be or close to it the car may want to pull when it gets on ice and it's going to make it very very scary to drive especially on ice so pay attention to what's going on with your car steering wheel just all of a sudden became off center hey i hit a curb now my steering wheel's off center then get it in immediately you're probably going to need tie rod ball joint whatever fixed and alignment will get you right back on the road yeah but that's something if you let it fester it's going to continue to cause more yeah, and more problems. Now you're going to pay for new car. tires to go with that pothole that you just hit and where we can fix it and you're not having to buy new tires. All right, Darren from Dagwoods, it's Common Sense for Your Car with Chris 